Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. If there's been a priority set for Florida's upcoming legislative session, it's increasing teacher pay. Almost no one disagrees that the state's educators are underpaid in comparison to their peers nationally, and that's become a stumbling block to finding teachers willing to take jobs and then to stay in them. But identifying the goal is only the first step. Finding a solution isn't looking so simple. Among the many concerns is whether the state has enough money to pay for the raises that the governor and others have advocated. That perspective has emerged primarily in the state house, where leaders have made clear they don't want to raise taxes. Today's podcast guest is Representative Chris Latvala, a Pinellas County Republican who chairs the House Pre-K-12 Education Appropriations Committee. He'll talk with us about how he sees the state dealing with the education objectives leaders have set forth while sticking to their fiscally conservative principles. Let's take a listen. I'm Chris Latvala. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, this year I know is a big year for education because everybody's been talking about teacher pay raises, but I know that there's a lot more that goes into education finance than that. And you're sort of the point man in the house for that. So tell me what you see as the priorities going forward and how teacher pay fits in with everything else. Uh, sh- sure. It's, um, t- you know, this year teacher pay raises uh, will be on the front burner, but, you know, also, um, you know, school security, mental health uh, funding, um, you know, also the FEFP, which is the per student a funding formula uh, that we use for the per student, uh, you know, funding in the state of Florida. Um, you know, all those uh, issues, um, you, you know, will be, um, you, you know, will be, you know, things that we consider. But, um, you know, issue-wise, teacher salary increases uh, will certainly um, take up a lot of the oxygen in the room. So what does that mean then? If if the oxygen is taken up by teacher pay, can we do more for per student funding or other things? Oh sure, sure. Um, uh, last year we increased uh, funding in, in the mental health space, um, and this year, um, you know, I'm confident that we can increase it again. So that's uh, an area that I think we, you know, will be increased. Uh, every year we try to increase the FEFP. Uh, last year we increased it by uh, $242 per student. Uh, and, j- and just to give you an idea, um, you know, in previous years, that's usually uh, increased by about $100 or so per student. And last year we increased that by $242 per student. But at that time, you weren't trying to put $600 million into teacher pay. Is that $600 million just too ambitious of a number then? Uh, well, we're still finding out. Um, you know, there are, um, in the FEFP, there are categoricals, um, you know, for different things. And so we could do a categorical, um, you know, for teacher salaries, um, or we could, 
um, you know, put it as part of the base student allocation, um, which a lot of school districts last year used the extra funding that we did in the base student allocation and used that for teacher salary increases uh, last year. And I believe Pinellas County is still in negotiations with their teachers. Uh, last year, we increased the base student allocation a little over $75 per student. And then the previous year, um, it was increased 47 cents, um, you know, which caused quite an uproar and, and rightfully so. So then if the money is going to have to be parceled out into these different categories, how much money actually is there? Because education, I know, is big, but it's not the only thing in the budget either. Right, right. And and currently in our committee, our uh, budget subcommittee and all the other budget subcommittees are doing budget reprioritization uh, projects. And in our silo, we're trying to find $500 million dollars are there about that we can use, um, you know, that's kind of excess, um, that we can maybe use in other areas. And every other budget silo is doing the same thing. And so, you know, that, that money that could come from our silo, it could come from other silos. Um, you know, and so we're going to have a balanced budget. We're not going to increase taxes. And so it's, um, you know, it's just a matter of, being able to find it somewhere else, you know, in the budget. I've, I've heard and so, you know, revenues will either need to, you know, hopefully, you know, pick up or, or you know, we, we find it from somewhere else. I've heard some people say that they know where the money should come from. They think that it should come from the best and brightest bonus and the school recognition funds, and you're practically home from there. Is that realistic? Right. Well, and the best and brightest is certainly an option. Uh, and, and then there's about 300 million sitting there, um, that, that could be used. And, and that certainly is a uh, possibility. And what about the school recognition funds? I know nobody's ever really liked to take that A plus money, about a hundred dollars right. per student. But I mean, is it a possibility that it might just put it into that category of wealth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a, anything's possible and, and nothing is off the table, um, and so, you know, I would say the only thing that would be off the table would be raising taxes. And so other than that, um, anything would be a possibility. Now, is the legislature also looking at doing more to increase vouchers at the same time? Because I know that there's always that push and pull between the money that goes into the scholarship type programs and the money that goes directly into the public school systems. Um, yeah, you, you know, we, we are very much a pro-school choice, you know, legislature. Um, I will tell you that there's been a, quite a bit of a discussion with folks to try to include, um, you know, pre-K teachers into, um, being part of the classroom teachers, you know, and being a part of the best and brightest and, and so forth. And as of now, um, they're not, uh, you know, defined as classroom teachers. Um, only K through 12 teachers are defined in statute by classroom teachers. And one of the main reasons why that's the case is because quite a few pre-K teachers are in private schools, you know, and in, t- in churches and, and private institutions. And so that's, you know, the largest um, voucher program in the state of Florida is in the VPK system. 
um, and in the BPK area. And so, um, you know, I, I think that there is, um, you know, and, and, and that's something that not a lot of people, um, you know, really talk about, you know, because it's one of the most popular um, areas of education is in the BPK system. Um, you know, and so, you know, we, you know, we are a pro school choice legislature and we're going to remain a pro school choice legislature. And, you know, I think that uh, parents should be able to send their kids, you know, to the school of their choice and not be confined by their zip code. And, and somebody's zip code shouldn't, you know, determine their level of success. Well, and so I think we'll continue to um, strive you know, to, to expand those programs. But, you know, we also need to highlight, um, you know, the areas in the traditional public schools that they do well. And there are a lot of public school choice options that they do well. And there's a lot of public, uh, school programs like the community partnership schools that do tremendously well. Um, and, uh, we don't have any in Pinellas County. But, but they have, they operate very similar to, uh, charter schools and private schools where they, um, offer a lot of the, uh, wraparound services, um, you know, in these, um, you know, underserved communities that, that are, are desperately needed. And, and that's an area that we increased the funding in, you know, last year. Um, and, you know, those kind of schools are, um, things that we need more of, you know, and, and, uh, we increase funding in the four lab schools around Florida, um, you know, that serve and, and some of those serve underserved, uh, kids in poverty and those are public schools. And so, you know, um, th- there are a lot of public schools, uh, programs, uh, that serve the same, um, kind of kids. Uh, you know, that would be served in the voucher system that, that we fund and, and that we will continue to fund. I, I just wonder how you pay for all that. You're talking about pre-K and pre-K yeah. teachers. You're talking about voucher programs and, and public school programs. Yeah. And all that comes together is a lot of money. And, and at the same time, yeah. you're saying no, oh, no. no mean, tax increases. A, yeah, it's going to be a daunting task. And, um, you know, I, you know, it will be daunting, but I'm confident that we, you know, with the leadership of the speaker, um, you know, and the, and the governor and the Senate president, that we will, um, you know, find a way, you know, and there might be other areas of the budget that, um, you know, might not be as, um, as fully funded as, as they are, you know, in normal years. But, um, you know, I think it was the speaker who coined the term the year of the child. Um, and, uh, and this, and the, um, governor recently talked about it being the year of the teacher, you know, and so it, you know, for far too long, teachers in Florida, you know, have just been, you know, getting by and, um, you know, we need to show them appreciation and not just, you know, through a bonus program. And a bonus program is all well and good, but we need to give them, 
you know, if we're able to give them a salary increase, we need to do it. And and I think we have a really, you know, we we have a realistic chance at doing that this year. What do you think about the criticisms that have come forward from teachers even saying, well, it's nice of you to set a base salary for teachers, but what about the veteran teachers? They, they seem to find fault with the program that's been proposed so far. Oh, sure. And, and, that, and, and I completely understand that. And, and um, you know, I've met teachers that uh, I met a teacher from Osceola County that's been teaching for 15 years that um, has has a master's degree, has, um, you know, always performed well on her evaluations. She's making $48,000 a year currently. And, you know, under the governor's proposal, um you know, a starting teacher would be making 47500 And so, you know, I, I, I completely agree with teachers in Florida need to be paid more. There might be some, you know, differences in philosophy on, on how that salary increase should be doled out, you know, whether it's an across-the-board increase as opposed to... Um, you know, just giving it to new teachers. And so that, you know, all that kind of, you know, all that will be worked out in the, uh, during the session and through the budget process. Um, you know, when, when the house has a plan and the Senate has a plan. And so I don't think as of now, you know, the house is, you know, necessarily married to one plan over another. You know, we're, we're doing different, um, you know, projections and, and we're, you know, uh, last week we listened to, um, uh, different school boards or, uh, I'm sorry, different school superintendents who talked to us about, um, you know, how the, the salaries that they, um, doled out, uh, through the BSA. We've looked at some different data on, uh, different counties and, and their salary structure. And so it's not, uh, you know, it's not set in stone that the increase is just going to be for new teachers. Why do you think that all of a sudden the conversation has turned in this direction? Because for a long time, teachers complained and nobody said anything. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that... Um, you know, everybody knows a teacher. Um, you know, for instance, my mom's a retired teacher. And, you know, countless uh, of my colleagues are either married to a teacher or have a teacher in the family, um, you know, or, or have a connection one way or another to a teacher. And so it's, um, you know, and they know that the, the sacrifices that teachers make. Um, and so, you know, teachers come from all, you know, political parties and, and all different kinds of backgrounds and, and they deserve to be appreciated and, and, um, you know, frankly taken care of. And, and I think that the, uh, you know, under the, you know, governor's leadership and the speaker's leadership, we're going to do our best to try to take care of them. You know, and then how that, uh, you know, what that looks like at the end, I think, is, is yet to be determined. But we're going to give it our, our very best shot this year. 
Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I know that there's a lot of weeks left before everything's said and done, so we'll be checking back in with you again at some point. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was good, good talking to you. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's topic, please go to our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, and add your comments to the post of this podcast. To keep up with the latest in Florida education news, please visit our blog, www.tampabay.com gradebook. Have comments, questions, or concerns about this podcast? Want to hear about something else very specific? Or not hear about something anymore? Send an email to me at jsolacek at tampabay.com. Or add a review to the site where you get your podcasts, including Google, Apple, and Stitcher. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks so much for listening.